God. We're going back to Ephesians for a little bit tonight, and we're going to go back to chapter 4. We've been talking about the book of Ephesians. It seems like I've been uh, trying to get through it for, for several months now. And, and uh, either God will take, change my what I'm supposed to preach or, or we'll st- get stuck on a couple of scriptures. And uh, But I want to read. You don't have to turn here. Uh, uh, Kathy can put it on the, on the board and on the wall. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, I just want to read a passage of scripture right here, two passages of scriptures actually, and I'm going to do it in the New Living Translation. And it's in verse 16. It says this, all scripture, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So the Bible says the word of God is to teach us what we're doing wrong and teach us how to do right. Amen. So the word of God is not, it's our, it's our, our schoolmaster basically. That's how God kind of brings correction in our lives is through the word of God. In fact, it says in the New King James, it says this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the scriptures, the word of God is for our benefit to learn from, amen, to grow. That's why it's important that we read the word of God, that we hear the word of God. Listen, you're not going to get enough just right here in church. You need to, you need to have a time that you read the word of God, hear the word of God, because I'm telling you something it's important because listen, there may be, there's going to be things you face in your life that I may not address out of the pulpit here. I can do the, uh, the, uh, the ministry and I do on, on a lot of stuff, but I'm telling you, you've got to be prepared for whatever this world throws at you. And I'm telling you, the world throws stuff at you. Amen. And so we've got to be prepared for whatever, because the devil's the God of this world. Y'all know that the devil's the God of this world. You know, I was, I preached, uh, of course I preach on it all the time throughout the, throughout the year and such as that. You know, the devil comes steal, kill and destroy. And, uh, the thief comes not to, but to steal, kill and destroy. We have an adversary, the devil who roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We understand all those things like that. So we got to understand something. Bad things happen to good people. And when you're on the earth, this, uh, Keith Moore's been talking. Anybody ever listen to Keith Moore? Keith Moore talks about how we're, we live in a cursed world. We live in a cursed world. There was never any sickness or disease in the, on the earth while Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden. But when they failed and they messed up and they committed high treason against God and they were kicked out of the garden, then the ground was cursed. Sickness and disease was, in, uh, was uh, 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 loose on the earth and uh, poverty and lack and all such things like that. It wasn't there prior to that. God's will that was that we would be totally healthy, totally provided for, totally peace at mind, no fear. Did you know Adam and Eve didn't even know what fear was until they uh, ate that fruit? They didn't even know what fear was. But one of the first things that happened, fear got a hold of them. You said, why? Because when God said, where are you? He said, we were afraid. They were never afraid before till that day. The devil would like to keep you broke, busted, disgusted, sick, and in fear. That's what he would love to do, but he cannot do it. We have the word of God that will cause us to rise up out of that. Amen. And so all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, if you will, you're probably already there in Ephesians. In Ephesians. Y'all allow me to get there. I'm going to read another scripture at the front. Ephesians 1. 
And uh, it says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and the faithful in Christ Jesus. So how many knows that this letter was written to the church? Was it written to the church? How many knows what who the church is? The church is born again believers. They're, they're saved people. And so knowing this, that this letter was not written to the world, it was literally written to people who knew Jesus Christ. In fact, I could be probably pretty, uh, 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 pretty accurate if I said most of it was probably filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. Because chapter 5, he addresses being filled with the Spirit, be being filled with the Spirit. And we'll get to that whenever we get to that. And uh, But in Ephesians chapter 4, always remember, he's writing this not to the unbelievers, but to the believers. In verse 17, let's go to verse 17 and in chapter 4. I could, I could read more of this, but I'm not going to because I, I, and I like I say, I, I kind of minister along the way. don't know how far I get, but I won't keep you much longer. In verse 17, said, in New Living Translation, says, With the Lord's authority I say this, Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life of God, the, from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him. Throw off your old sinful nature. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God. Uh, truly righteous and holy. Listen to me. He said, listen to what he says. He said, throw off that old sinful life. Throw it off. And, uh, the, the new King James says this. He said, put on Christ. Put on Christ. I'm telling you, we got to decide we're going to put something on. Listen, we're clothed in righteousness. We're clothed in light. We're soldiers of light. And I'm telling you, he told us in chapter two, he said, we came out of the kingdom of darkness and we were translated into the kingdom of the son of his love. So I'm telling you something. He said, you got to throw off some things. Have you ever just want to throw something off? We have no problems putting something on, but I'm telling you something. We got to throw some things off because this old, this, the, our old nature will try to control us and rule our lives. Listen, we have a new nature. In fact, we're partakers of the divine nature of God. Amen. The nature of God lives on the inside of each and every one of us, but the devil would love for us to say, well, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I love, I'm saved and such as that and just think we can keep on living any old way we want to live and expect the blessings of God to come down upon us. But Paul is trying to correct this and bring correction to the church at Ephesus, but not just the church at Ephesus, the whole body of Christ. Amen? Amen. There's no telling how many times I have read this letter personally, especially since I started ministering out of Ephesians. I've read it a humpteen dozen times and no telling how many times I've read it. I can't count them all. How many times I read this letter? Why? Because God wants to bring insight into our lives to let us know there is a good life in Christ. It's not problem free. It's not, uh, it's not tribulation free. But praise God, if we will learn to take hold of what God says to do in our lives. Listen, I can only do for me what I can do for me. In other words, you can't throw nothing off for me. You can't change anything for me. I have to change for me. And Paul is addressing, if we look at it, we need to address it as if he's speaking to me, as if he wrote that letter strictly to me. 
You didn't listen to me. If we're not careful, we'll think everything's, everything's, everything's uh, uh, aimed right at me. Glory to God, that preacher's just preaching at me. That preacher's preaching to me. And I tell you what, listen to me. I'm talking fast. Maybe I am. I'm getting quiet in this Holy Ghost church. Huh? But I always thought this. I didn't think it at first because I used to think there's always preaching at me. Huh? But then I got to thinking, and I think I told this at Jeff's church. I got to thinking, how special could I be if I came to church and the preacher preached a sermon just for me? How special am I? How special should I think if God chose to give me a message that's just for me? But it's not just for me. You just think it was just for you. Huh? Because it's probably for everybody in the church. See, when God pre, when we get a word, it, here's what we got to realize. God's trying to help us, not hurt us. He's trying to make us better, not worst. Huh? Listen to me. We can, we can sit in church and go one of two ways when the word is preached. We can get offended about it or we can receive it as information to help me learn and grow in God. I've had people get offended at me for preaching. I, I told y'all this story before. Somebody got offended at me one time and called me up on the phone. I was, I was cutting out a lot of stuff. Called me up on the phone and said, uh, uh, I'm going to leave your church because I want you to be able to preach to somebody else. Well, I appreciate you now. and I can talk to somebody else now since you're gone. Huh? And that's the truth. They said you can preach to somebody else. And I thought, you know, I never knew if they was going to be there or not. I didn't start praying, now God, you got to let so-and-so be in this church this morning, because if not, I ain't got nothing to preach to nobody else. And I have felt that way before in my own life. I think, that preacher has got my number, man. He is working on me. I like what uh, Brother Andrews, y'all remember Brother Andrews? He used to be the elder in our church. I know Robin and does, and... And uh, he told me one time, he said, man, if you wasn't stepping on my toes, you wouldn't be doing no good. I'll tell you what, people says he stepped on my toes. He was looking for your head. But he said, God says, listen, he said, I want you to throw off some things. And, and, and listen to me, here's what he wants to do. Renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Anybody ever says, you, you got a tood now? I'll need some new attitude sometime. How about you? I heard, did I hear a grunt or was that, maybe not. We can all have a different attitude, but listen, we will have no different attitude if we don't have different thoughts. We got to renew our minds to the Word of God. And He says, You got to renew your thoughts. You got to re- renew your attitudes. You need to gird up the spirit of your mind, basically. He says, You got to put on the new nature created to God truly in righteousness and holiness. And notice what it says for verse 25. And notice what it says. This is a New Living Translation. He said, And stop lying. Stop telling lies. What? He's talking to Christians. Christians don't lie. He says, Stop telling lies. Is that what y'all reading? Is it on the wall? There it is. 
This is in the Bible. Stop telling lies. Listen to me. Sometimes it's, we think sometimes lying is easier than telling the truth. You know why we, and listen, I'm not talking about none of y'all. There's no liars in this church. I'm not talking about no liars here. I'm just telling you what he was saying to the church at Ephesus. He said, stop lying. Stop telling lies. Why? Because I'm telling you, sometimes we don't want the consequences to the truth. So we tell a lie to make it all right. But what we're, what we're, let let me, can I help you? We are not trying to appease people. We're trying to satisfy God and God despises lies. I said he despises lying and telling the non-truth. Here's what a lie is. A lie is this, an intentional violation of truth. It's an intentional violation of truth. It is a falsehood, an attempt to deceive. And that's what it is. So listen to me. Did you realize you don't have to teach somebody to lie? Did you know you don't have to teach them little kids to lie? Anybody ever notice? You you can watch your kids do something when they're little and say, did you do that? No. I didn't. uh Uh-uh. And you watched them. Why? Because you don't have to teach them to lie, but you have to teach them to tell the truth. But you have to teach them to tell the truth. It's the same way with adults. I've had people I know, uh, known my life, and I'm telling you what, have you ever sit there and had somebody that you knew they weren't telling the truth and you never knew when they was telling the truth and you didn't know if they was right or wrong because they was living that. I mean, to them it was reality, but it really, really wasn't a reality in reality. And so, you know, he said, stop telling lies. And notice what it goes on to say. He says, let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we're all parts of the same body. And, and listen, can I, can I read you a few scriptures to let you know why God does not like lying? You said, Pastor, was that necessary or not? It's part of Ephesians. Do y'all want me to finish the book or not? We can't skip what we want to skip. Read what we want to read. That's what's wrong with a lot of people. They skip the book of Acts when it talks about being baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues, because they don't think it's for today, but it's in the book. Huh? And so he says, stop telling lies. Let us tell the truth with our neighbors that we're all parts of the same body. And uh, go to, I'm going to let Kathy do this. Kathy, punch up uh, John chapter 8, starting with verse 42. John 8, 42. And you can go ahead and put that in the King James, New King James. It says, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Next. He said, why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. Next. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. He says, listen, you say, why does God hate lying? Because the devil is a liar. Did you know who we used to belong to? Who did we used to belong to? The devil, which was a liar. Who do we belong to now? God, which is what? Truth. God can't tell. The Bible says God can't lie. Isn't that what it says? God can't lie. He cannot lie. Can you imagine? God cannot lie. You said, well, by golly, he could lie if he wanted to lie. No, he can't because if he said it, it'd be truth. Now let that sink into you a little bit. Because God can't tell a lie. 
He's not a man that he should lie. I'm telling you, when he speaks, it's the truth. And so the devil, that's why God hates it. Listen, because he said, I've delivered you from the kingdom of darkness and from the power of Satan and to the, uh, into the kingdom of God. And listen to me. He said, I don't want you continuing to imitate your other, uh, your ex-father, your ex-dad. People hate it when you say they used to belong to the devil. They don't tell me I belong to that. Made them religious people look mad if you'll read it. It made them mad. They said, how? We, we ain't born of fornication. Abraham's our daddy. He said, if you was from Abraham, if you was of Abraham, you would do the works of Abraham. And you'd love me. Huh? But you're of your father, the devil. Ooh, that would tick me off back then too, wouldn't it, y'all? But I'm not of my father, the devil, no more. So I shouldn't be imitating in him in any way, form, or fashion. Amen. I remember several years ago, I went and bought me a Jeep. Uh, it was, I always, always wanted me a Jeep, so I went and bought a Jeep and, and, uh, I found one in Madisonville where I'd bought several vehicles before and, and I got that Jeep and, and it had like 20,000 miles on it. It looked like brand new. Everything was wonderful on it. Good price and such as that. And I know what I drove, I drove it. It was kind of shaking in the front and, and, uh, I thought it was cause of the big, uh, huge tires on it. And I thought it was cause of that. And, and so, uh, I didn't think much about it till it just didn't get any better. And I finally took it back to him and, and said, man, I don't know what's wrong with this front end. It keeps shaking. So a guy got in and drove it, drove it down the road, said, man, there's some major problems under this, underneath this, uh, uh underneath here in the rods and all such as that. And, and so they gave me a rent a car. They, they went and put new rods and everything else in it and all such as that. And, and, uh, so, uh, uh, I took it home at driving good and everything. And next thing you know, it was kind of wobbling in the back a little bit. And, and so I had took it to a place up here and they put it up on the rack, put it on there. He says, your back axle is warped. Now I ain't never done nothing but drive it on the highway. That's all I ever did. And so I called him up and said, we got a problem here. Uh, the back axle is, is bent on this thing. And that guy told me something that really irritated me and ticked me off. And, uh, you know, can, can preachers get irritated and ticked off? They sure can, but the Bible says, be angry and sin not. And I'm a little ahead of myself, but anyway, let's go back. And I said, he said, well, uh, I said, uh, he said, well, I, what did you do to it? I said, I didn't do anything to it. It was that way. And he said this to me. He said, I guess I just have to take your word for it. And he don't know me. He did when I got through. I said, let me tell you something, sir. I said, I'm a minister. I'm a pastor. Well, now, listen, just because you're a preacher don't mean you don't lie. Don't get me wrong. So don't, don't think because every preacher don't lie because I know some do. And, uh, but I don't. And I said, sir, I'm a preacher and I don't lie. And matter of fact, the Bible says liars have their part in the lake of fire. And he said, bring it in, sir. And they fixed it at no cost. But the thing about it is, listen, I understand the penalty to lying. Come on now. Can I read a few more scriptures real quick? It's probably all I'll get done tonight. Psalms 58.3 says, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. Now, it's amazing how I said that, listen, now I know them little babies aren't lying, but I'll tell you, it don't take them too long till they can figure out they can lie. Amen? Huh? So I'm telling you, we just live in a, a world that, that, for the most part, 
lying is just commonplace. Y'all ever notice that? Psalms 101, 6 and 7 says, My eyes shall be on the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He who walks, he who walks in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He who works deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. I'm going to tell you something. We don't need anything to remove us from the presence of God. Proverbs 38 says, remove falsehood. This psalmist said this, remove falsehood and lies far from me. Proverbs says this, Proverbs 12, 17 says, he who speaks truth declares righteousness. Proverbs 12, 22 says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who uh, deal truthfully are his delight. And there's many, many other scriptures talking about the truth. God honors and loves truth. Revelations 21, 8, throw that up there, if you will, uh, Kathy. Revelations 21, 8, we'll just throw that because I, I just quoted what I quoted a while ago came from there. Revelations 21, 8. It says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That's what I quoted to that guy over the Jeep. See, somehow or another, I read that one day and it registered. <laughs> have you ever read something that registered? Oh my God. Huh? Listen, when you read something, it'll register. Sometimes, many times it registers. That's why you have to read things over and over so it'll get down in you. So when something comes up, you'll recognize back. Why? Because the Word of God is sent to correct us, to bring instruction and righteousness. And I'm telling you something. God loves people, but there's some things that He don't like. Now, don't don't take this wrong. Don't take this. God loves people, but there's some things about people He don't like. Does that make any sense to you? There's some things we do that God don't like, that He's not approving of it, but God loves you. Amen. He loves us. One thing about it, He always gives room for us to correct things in our lives. He, oh, repentance is a gift. We can repent. Listen, we, we'll probably have to repent, uh, uh, many, many times before Jesus comes back, before we go to heaven, but thank God we can. I said, thank God we can. Thank God we can repent and say, if you, if you, you say, well, uh, I told a story or something like this. And we all know when we tell a story or something like that. And, and, uh, but the thing about it is we say, oh my God, I blew it. I am so sorry. I did that. God forgive me. You know what he does. He's amazing. He's amazing. He just forgives it and forgets it. Is he amazing? Aren't we glad he has that ability? He chooses to forget. Amen. We're the ones that have a hard time forgetting some things. But as far as he's concerned, you ask me to forgive you, I forgive you, and I forget it. You can go back 20 minutes later and say, God, you remember when I... He said, no, don't remember it. Don't remember it. Go ahead and get it out of your mind. Amen. Isn't God good? I didn't get pretty far tonight. But I tell you, God is good. And uh, we're going to continue with the book of Ephesians and we'll leave all, getting the next one is be ye angry. And what? And sin not. I tell you what, anger is, anger is something that will uh, destroy you. Amen? I, uh, I heard on the uh, 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 news the other day, I tell you, I, did you know road rage and all this mess like that, is that, that anger right there is killing people, just road rage? 
I'm not talking to anybody in the church. Keep your heads down. Keep your eyes towards me. Huh? I read the other day where a lady's son was, she was teaching her son how to drive. Y'all might have seen this where she was teaching him how to drive and he ran into something accidentally. Well, she was getting out to talk to the people and apologize for it. The person got out and stabbed her to death in front of her. It was stabbing, wasn't it? You must have saw that. I think she stabbed, he was stabbed to death by the guy that they run over because they were in road rage. I'm to anger like that. You got to be careful about anger. You got to control your anger. Anyway, I should have got to that, but I didn't tonight. But anyway, we'll get to it later. Amen. Isn't God good? Father, we love you so much. And we're so glad that we can come to church and we can learn and we can grow. God, we can be changed from glory to glory. We can bring information that will bring transformation in our lives. God, we're a blessed people. We're blessed. You love us so much, and we love you so much. And God, we thank you that things are taking place in our lives to bring us into a better relationship with you. God, that people will see Jesus in us. And God, that our lights will shine wherever we go. God, and they will know that we're your disciples because we're going to walk in love and walk in the goodness of our God. We appreciate you for this service tonight. Father, I thank you for every person in this house that laid hands was laid on and they were healed. God, I declare that tonight is a turnaround night in their health. And God, they're going to have a well-rested night tonight. They're going to sleep well. You give your beloved sweet sleep. So God, I thank you for giving them a restful night. God, when they wake up in the morning, they're going to be refreshed in the name of Jesus. And they're going to be not 100% better in the name of Jesus. We love you and thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God's good, isn't he? Everybody saved, everybody saved. How many is going to heaven one day?